Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. And I'm praying with all of my heart that God would take a church of people that may not be known or characterized by boldness, but God would give us courage and God would give us an outspoken spirit and that God would give us a desire to act without fearing that God today would make you and I, would make this church bold believers for the sake of the gospel. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord? But God specializes in taking ordinary people and taking them up out of the miry clay, out of the darkness that they were in, and placing them into his marvelous light. With me while you're still standing, uh, to the book of Acts chapter 4. I feel like God's getting ready to do something. Like God's getting ready to do something. Acts chapter 4, starting verse 13. says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And I want to talk to us for the next little bit on this title, Bold believers bold believers would you lift your voice with me one more time and let's pray that the holy ghost would just intervene right now in a mighty way lord we love you in this place god we stand here god as living letters living testimonies to what your power your spirit can do god and i pray right now for you just to open up the windows of heaven god i pray that you would pour out your spirit in this place i pray that you would anoint me as your word is already anointed god let it go forth today and find good soil i pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. 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 The Lord bless you. You may be seated. I do realize that I stand before you in pasta, and I know how serious that is. But again, I feel like the Lord wants to do something in this place. Acts, the book of Acts, was written by Luke, who was a medical doctor. And Luke essentially captured some of the highlights of the very first New Testament church gathering of people who believed in Jesus Christ. 
you will find through reading through the book of Acts that one of the dominant themes is unquestionably the theme of boldness. In fact, when you look at the results, they are so bold that it's just almost chapter after chapter. There's miracle after miracle after miracle of the power of God being demonstrated because these people were people of faith and they believed that their God could do anything. And you know, there are a lot of churches today that ask the question, well, why don't we see an Acts type miracles in our world or at least our country today like we did in the book of Acts? And what I believe it, the, the answer probably is, is because they don't have the bold faith and the bold actions that those people have that led to bold spiritual results. All right. God, help us if we ever arrive to the place where we believe the book of Acts experience has come and gone. But I want to go on record this morning and tell you the Holy Ghost is still being poured out on his people. God is still today filling hungry souls. You still have a promise, and it is to you and to your children, and as many afar off as many as the Lord our God shall call. Can you say praise the Lord? And it is the Holy Ghost, the power of God that gives us the boldness where a book of Acts type of church is possible. I don't know about you, but I want to be a bold believer today. I said I want to be a bold believer today. So let me give you a couple definitions and uh of boldness, thinking on this word boldness, here's my, here's my definition of what boldness is. Boldness is a behavior that is born out of belief. Yes. It is a behavior that is born out of belief. Because, hear me today, what you believe determines how you behave. Yes. All right? If you believe that everybody is going to criticize you, then you, my friend, will possibly behave tentatively. If you believe you're probably going to fail, you're going to venture out cautiously. But if you believe that the one true Lord God is calling you and empowering you and leading you and equipping you, my friend, this is grounds for you to live boldly, to be a bold believer for Jesus Christ. Because boldness is a behavior that is born out of belief. The word boldness means, it means telling all to pour forth like pouring water out of a cup. It's the conviction. It's the communication. It's the character that are based on undeniable truth and undeniable experience. Yes. All right? Boldness is something that captures attention. Yes. compelling people to listen, to incline their ear, all right? It combines the emphasis of, I know this is true because it happened to me. Yes. 
I know what I believe because it's not just something I read, but it's something that I have experienced for myself. And when you get to that place, there is no apology for it. There's no, uh, I'm sorry, true true boldness of the believer. Hear me. It's not brash. It's not hard. And it's not arrogant. But it is attractive. And it is clear. It is confident because we know that he has won the battle over death, that he has won the battle over Satan, that he has won the battle over this world, and he has poured out his spirit in this world, and we know it not because we read it in the book of Acts chapter 2, but we have come to an altar and been filled with his spirit, evident by speaking in other tongues. It is an experience. Boldness is a behavior that is born out of belief. In fact, the Greek word that's translated as boldness is the word perhesia. And this word means more than just speaking. Here's what it means. It means outspokenness. It means assurance. It means courage. It means confidence. It means to act without fear. And I'm praying with all of my heart that God would take a church of people that may not be known or characterized by boldness, but God would give us courage and God would give us an outspoken spirit and that God would give us a desire to act without fearing that God today would make you and I would make this church bold believers for the sake of the gospel. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord? I believe that God wants us to pray with boldness. All right? I believe he wants us to talk to him with boldness. He wants us to pray bold prayers. I would, I would guess that if we were to ask God and ask him maybe what, what, the, what types of prayers are most commonly prayed, I think God would hear some things like, God, I, I thank you for this day. And God's like, very, very good. I'm glad, I'm glad you're thankful. Uh, you know, we pray, we pray small prayers sometimes. Be with us, God. Keep us safe on this journey. Give us traveling mercies in Jesus' name. Amen. And we go on. And God's, I believe God's sitting back saying, okay, give me a tough one today because I'm the God of the universe. Give me something that's going to push me. Can I tell you that God can handle it when you pray with boldness? God can handle bold and courageous prayers of faith. Come on, don't be afraid when you feel like you pray prayers that pushes God to the limit or to the max. I'm here to tell you, he has no limit and he has no max. We are praying to a God of unlimitedness. He has no ceiling. Be bold in your prayers. Let me show you some incredible boldness in scripture. We're going to start with a guy named Peter. Now, a lot of you, a lot of you will be able to relate to Peter. I know that I can. Peter, Peter was a guy that was often characterized with bold intentions followed by timid actions. All right? And the stories, they go on and on and on. One of the most well-known stories of his bold intentions Peter, Peter declared boldly one time before Jesus, he said, hey, if all of these other losers over here turn their back on you, 
He said, I'm your guy. I'm not going anywhere. I've got your back. I'll never deny you. And I'll boldly stand before you and by you. But before the day it ended, three different times, Peter denied Christ once to a little schoolgirl. Bold intentions followed by timid actions. But something happened inside of Peter. And I pray that that same something will happen within us. You see, when Jesus died and three days later rose again, Peter encountered him. And you can read about it in John 21. And Jesus essentially said, hey, you're forgiven. It's good. You're still on the team. You're reinstated. So go out. Just let it go and be bold and go take care of my sheep and go take care of the people. And something like a switch flipped inside of Peter. And all of a sudden, the guy who used to be timid and bold, he went out and stood before this huge group of people and he preached one of the boldest messages in the history of the church. He said, you are a corrupt generation. You talk about being politically correct, right? No, sir, not this man. No, 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 no. He said, you need to turn from your sins. You need to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And the Bible says that 3,000 people were saved on that day. And the New Testament church just explodes and Peter is bold and on fire and they're believing God for big things. And I'm praying that that God would give us a boldness this morning where we're not timid about proclaiming the truth of God's word. I am praying that a switch gets flipped inside of us and we become as Paul who said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. You have nothing to be ashamed about as long as you are preaching this truth, as long as you are preaching this word. If you're sharing this wonderful truth, hear me today, there's nothing to be timid about. There's nothing to be afraid about. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I'm telling you, young person, you can be bold in your school. You can be bold in your workplace. You can be bold in your everyday interactions. Peter and John... They were walking along one time and they see this guy who had been lame for more than 40 years. Now, for everybody that is under the age of 30, that doesn't mean he was boring. <laughs> oh, this guy's a lame dude here. So, <laughs> so boring. No, 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 no. He couldn't walk. I just wanted to clarify that so we're all on the same page today. He couldn't walk. This guy for 40 years. Imagine in our context, someone's been in a wheelchair for 40 years and they walk up to this guy and they say, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he does. And all of a sudden, that action, that miracle stirs all of this controversy because everyone around knew that this guy couldn't walk. 
And so some of the some of the temple guards under the command of the Sanhedrin, the religious group ruling of that day, they sent some people to arrest Peter and John. And they brought them and they put them on trial in front of the Sanhedrin. And here's what they would do. They would actually form a circle. They would get in their robes and they would line up. And they would get in this big circle. And they would put the people on trial in the middle of that circle. And they would try to intimidate them. They would begin to hurl questions at them right and left from all different directions and and try to get them off a little bit. And then they would decide on their own fate. They would either decide, hey, we're just going to beat you or, or we're going to imprison you or we're just going to kill you. And so Peter and John, they were in the middle and one person asked, they said, by what name And by what authority do you do these things? And here's the bold response. You know what the Bible says? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost. In other words, this isn't his power, but what? It is the power of God. Said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? They said, do you want to know how he was healed? Now watch the boldness in this scripture, all right? Watch this. It says, let me clearly state to you all. It said, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth was this man healed. All right? Such boldness in their words, such passion in their words. They're not holding anything back. The name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And watch this. He's going to kind of take the knife and stick it in and twist it just a little bit. And this is what he says. Whom you crucified. Yes. Whom God raised from the dead. Yes. Now. I cannot possibly overstate how bold that was. The Sanhedrins hated Jesus. They were glad that he was gone. They were glad that he was dead. They never wanted to hear from him again. But listen to this. The foundation of their beliefs was that the resurrection of the dead was impossible. They didn't believe in the resurrection from the dead. And so Peter points right back at them. He points right back at the people, listen, who had the power to kill him and says, hey, bud, you killed Jesus. He's back. He's raised from the dead. Essentially, you know what he did? He made a statement that was a declaration of war. And they're like, whoa. Somebody say, now that's bold. All right. Now, what's interesting to me is 2,000 years ago, what name was so controversial? There's the name of Jesus, right? 2,000 years later today, what brings so much controversy? The name of Jesus Christ. Think about it. I mean, in our world today, you can be spiritually bold about all sorts of things, and it's fine. Everybody loves a little God talk. Everybody loves a little bit of spirituality. But it's just when you bring Jesus into it that everybody gets all bugged out. 
Let's be honest. You can go on a talk show and you can talk about a higher power all day long. And, oh, yeah, that's good. That's interesting. Tell us a little bit more. And God did this and the Spirit did this. And I'm a spiritual person. I've got spirituality. But as soon as you say Jesus, everything changes, doesn't it? Why? Because there is something about that name. There is something about the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says even the demons tremble. And so Peter, he points right at them. And he says, Jesus, whom you crucified, he's back. And the religious leaders, they couldn't believe what they were seeing. Verse 13, that shows the response, says the members of the council, what were they? He says, they were amazed. They marveled when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scripture. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. And I pray that this verse today speaks to you in a new way. There's a few thoughts that I want to unpack for you right real quick that I pray will drive these truths deep into your heart. Here's the first thing. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. The leaders could see that Peter and John were, what the Bible say, ordinary men with no special training in Scripture. Now, the Greek words that's translated as ordinary is the word <laughs> idiosas. All right? This word, it can mean unlearned, it can mean unschooled. It can mean ordinary. But the most literal translation is the word idiots. If you know what it is, <laughs> you know, the Bible translators, they're just too polite. <laughs> the most literal translation is these guys were amazed and couldn't believe the boldness of these idiots. Here's the deal. If you're like the best of the best, you got all your life in order. You got your stuff in order. You're just up here. You got your A game every single day. If you're the best of the best, God can use you. I believe he can. I, I promise you God can use you. But God specializes in taking ordinary people and taking them up out of the miry clay, out of the darkness that they were in, and placing them into his marvelous light. Ordinary people. Ignorant men. He loves using ordinary people. You ever heard the phrase, well, bless your heart? <laughs> That's common around these parts. Well, bless, bless your heart. You know, it sounds sweet, but it's really not. Whenever someone says, bless your heart, what they're really saying is, my goodness, you're an idiot. <laughs> you have no clue. 
Don't, don't look at me like you think I'm making that stuff up. You know what I'm talking about. That's what it means. And you need to know that. I'm trying to help you out, all right? Write that down this morning. Next time somebody says, bless your heart, what are you talking about? Maybe check your outfit because more than likely somebody, you know, somebody fresh in the church, they walk in and they're just like, they're wearing brown and black and all of a sudden somebody, well, bless your heart. Bless your heart. They just don't know yet. They don't know that the belt has to match the shoes. And so they say, everybody's checking their bills. Well, bless your heart. So here's the deal. Remember, God loves to take ordinary people and give them extraordinary boldness. He loves to take people that others overlook and give them a boldness. Because a lot of you are going to say, okay, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm just not naturally bold, Bryce. I'm kind of a quiet person. I'm not a preacher type. I'm not a teacher of the the Bible. You know, I'm just a stay-at-home mom, or I'm just a student, or I'm just a But we serve a God who specializes in taking the ordinary and using them in extraordinary ways. God can take ordinary people and give them an extraordinary boldness. I believe that God can use you. You don't need a college degree. You don't have to have a certain last name. You don't have to have a certain amount of money in the bank account. You don't need to be second, third, and fourth generation Pentecost. Ordinary. Ordinary men, he specializes. You, you and me. We're just ordinary guys. You heard his testimony? Ordinary people that God picks up and their life was headed nowhere and God gives them an extraordinary boldness to do something mighty for the kingdom of God. I think about my dad sitting right over here. You know he's got a small church over in Ducoin? He opens up his house for Bible studies to be taught and people are impacted by him. People are influenced by him where they're texting him so much. Hey, do we have Bible study this week? We're so eager. We're so hungry. We just want to come hear the word of God. He brings Jeff who's maybe out right now. He brings Jeff to the house of God. Jeff loves the church. I'm telling you, God uses the ordinary and gives them an extraordinary boldness to do something mighty for the kingdom of God. He specializes in it. Second thought is your boldness is going to amaze the world. When Hear me. When you become spiritually bold for the glory of God, your boldness is going to amaze the world. What verse 13 say? This, the members of the council, what were they? They were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Why were they amazed? Because they knew that they could kill these guys and they didn't care. They were simply amazed. It's almost like, you know, I'm not sure I believe them, but I know that they believe what they're saying, that they believe what they want. I know what they're saying, and I'm not sure I agree with it, but whoa, these guys believe it. 
They're not just saying it off the cuff. Something they heard a preacher say. Something they heard a Sunday school teacher say. No, this was rooted deep within inside the apostles. And they were amazed by their boldness. Recently, we had a walkthrough. We had a regional safety director come, and we went on site to a customer, and we did a kind of a, a walk through the entire plant and got his eyes on several different areas of the plant where maybe we could be a, a, a better value to the customer, and so we're walking through. And what was funny is this was my regional safety director, but my district safety director, he called me, and he, he got, not called me once, but he called me twice, and then even said it again on the day he showed up. He said, hey, I just want to let you know that, that, that this guy, coming all right he can sometimes be a little bit bold and he said your customer is either going to love him or they're going to kick us out of the building now mind you I have a pretty solid relationship with the customer already and I would like to keep it pretty solid all right I do like my income all right I'm not really anticipating getting kicked out of the building and so he told me that the first time and then the second time he told me again hey just warn you and then when he showed up he said hey I got to tell you it's like he forgot he told me all, all these times and so I, third time he told me I said man I'm excited I can't wait to hear what he has to say I can't wait to see how this goes I, I am truly excited and so we walked through the plan and I was totally brother Hogan I was amazed by this guy you know, we have a term around Fastenal, like you drew like Fastenal guy, they say you bleed blue because that's like our colors, all right? So if you're like in, you're like into it, everything is Fastenal, I'm telling you, this guy reeked of blue, all right? You could see it when he stepped out of the car. And so we're walking through the plant and his knowledge, his product knowledge and uh, the industry knowledge was so amazing that I walked through there and I said, this guy, he knows everything. I was absolutely, absolutely amazed. Do you, do you realize what happens when you begin to speak about something that you are so passionate about that you know what happens when, when you become fully persuaded? There is a boldness that comes on you in such a way that the people you are connecting with, they'll be so amazed. They'll be so in awe and they can't get away from it. I'm telling you, your boldness gets you to a place where you can witness to somebody and they literally feel the presence of an almighty God step into the room we're trying to win people sometimes too easily to like hey I'll just drop them a card and, and hey, I hope you come to church and stuff like that and we call that witnessing no 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 when I love it when somebody gets in their face I love it when somebody gets connected to them they build such a relationship and your boldness is going to open up that avenue where people are like hey tell me more about this Jesus tell me more about what you know tell me more about your experience Your boldness is going to amaze your community. Your boldness is going to amaze your neighbors. Your boldness is going to amaze your coworkers. It's going to amaze your lost family. When you are fully persuaded. Here's a question I want to ask you. When was the last time someone was amazed by your boldness? I'm not talking about wacky, weird, cheesy, Christian, drive-by witness. Jesus loves you. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is when we're bold with integrity.
when we're bold in serving people faithfully, when we're encouraging them, where we're living with integrity, where they look at you and they say, there's something different about that person. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I am amazed. When's the last time someone was amazed by your boldness? Where you're so generous with your heart and your time, where you've served your way into people's lives, and therefore you've earned the right to say, I love you enough, can I tell you about my Jesus? The boldness that Jesus has for you is going to amaze this world. Some of you may say, as our music comes, Bryce, I'm not like that. I just, I don't, I, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't, that's not me. That's not my personality. That's just, that's just not me. If that's you, that leads into my last thought. Point number three is very important. What we need to know is that spiritual boldness comes from knowing Christ. Spiritual boldness comes from knowing Christ. The end of verse 13, it says, they also recognize these guys as men who had been with Jesus. How in the world could Peter stand in the face of possible death and declare what he declared. How could he do it? How could he stand there and say the words that he said, knowing that he might die? I'll tell you how he did it. He knew Jesus Christ, and he could be bold because he had been with Jesus. Yes. Here's the key, and you got to remember this. Boldness is not the goal. But knowing Jesus is the goal. Boldness is always a byproduct of knowing him. I know people in this room right now that live daily in God's word. And they pray every day. God, direct me. Give me people to witness to. Give me people to demonstrate your love. Give me an opportunity to show your grace and your mercy to my community, to my neighbors. Hear me, when you are like that, you're directed by the Spirit. And that spirit is going to direct you into some places where there is opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Why? Because you've spent time with him. You got in his word. You got in his presence. Time with Jesus, when you spend time with him, it leads to number two, which is faith. As your faith in Jesus grows, it leads to boldness. And as your boldness grows, it leads to results. And when you see the spiritual results, guess what? You begin to spend more time with him. And when you spend more time with him, guess what? You get more faith. 
and you start praying bigger prayers and you see God work, which leads to boldness, which, hear me, leads to the Acts type of result, which leads to more of Jesus. Yeah. And the cycle goes on and on and on. The problem is the opposite is true as well. When you don't spend time with him, when you don't acknowledge him in your walk, when you don't pray, when you don't seek his face, when you don't spend time with Jesus, you don't have much faith. Thus, you are not a bold believer. You don't see the results. And so you don't want to spend much time with Jesus. So you, get, you know what? That just, this is not working. I know someone right now who, who's supposed to be on medication. This medication is supposed to help them with an issue that they have in their body. And they've had for a very, very long time. And, and the medicine, it helps. And for whatever reason, they decided, you know what? I, I just don't think this medicine's quite helping me. So they set it aside. One day, two day, three day, four months later, now all of a sudden they're having issues in their body. Now got to go see a specialist, got to go back, possibly have a minor surgery, all because we'd set aside something that was so vital, something that was so important, something that was going to help us in this life, maybe even live. What do you think was important? I didn't want to take the time to take it. Oh, it's not helping me. It's not doing anything. I don't see. I, I don't even see how it's helping. I don't see the results. I don't see anything. I don't see what's going on. When we don't spend time with Jesus, we set him aside. We set him on the back burner of our lives and we think, I don't really understand how he's helping. I don't understand how going to church is helping. I don't really, I don't really see the results. You're not seeing the results because you're not looking for the results. Because I'm telling you, this is a blessed life. And we set him aside and we decide not to spend time with him and guess what you end up living for the lower things of this world wondering wondering why you are empty all the time boldness boldness on a scale of one to ten if you're a two or a three i don't want you to hang your head in this place today if you're thinking, Bryce, that's, I, I'm not there yet. Maybe I haven't spent the time with Jesus that I need to. And, and I would rate myself really low on the boldness scale. I've got great news for you today. Your upside is huge. There is so much more that God wants to use you to do and make a difference in this world. So be encouraged today. You're here for purpose. And I believe God wants to stir you up this morning. And I'm telling you, you can make a difference. If you'll just give him time, spend time with him. Just stand with me all across this place. My friends, if you'll give Jesus time, he'll grow your faith. He'll give you boldness. 
and you will see great results. If you'll just get to the place where you refuse to be half-hearted, lukewarm. Pastor said it this morning, he teaches lessons. There are things that are said from the pulpit or things that are said in the church that we have just become numb to. We have become comfortably numb. We have gotten to the place sometimes where we hear the word of the Lord go forth and our response is great, great sermon. That was a good word today. We posted on Facebook, man, we really had a good sermon today. Is that our only response to the word of God? Where's the change? Where's the turnaround? Where's the time spent with him? I don't know about you, but I just want to be the real deal. I want to fall so in love with him that I am overflowing with a spiritual boldness of love and compassion to help people who don't know that the joy of life is in Christ. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.